Coming to you from the second floor studios in Dallas, Texas, it's the Small Business Living It Podcast, sponsored by Graham Mortgage Corporation. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host, Wesley Castellano, accompanied by my father, Mr. Dean Castellano, the author of the Small Business Living It newsletter and the president of Graham Mortgage Corporation, a 40-year-old private real estate lending firm based right here in Dallas. Hey, well, man. Hey, Dad. How you doing? Hi, Wes. Thanks for doing this. This is exciting. Yeah, this is uh, this is exciting for your real business podcast. We used to do a podcast so during yes, COVID. Yes. That was just father-son. And uh, now we're doing something that's uh, got a little gravity to it, a lot, a lot of uh, built-in listeners, which is nice. Yeah, it it's fun. You know, I, I love the term next level. It's kind of taking, yeah. taking our broadcast to the next level. I've, I've yeah. enjoyed writing. I've learned a lot about style and, you know, yeah. that I can write and people are interested in what I have to say. So uh, we're going to try it in voice. Yeah, absolutely. And then taking my love for audio and the shows we've done and just the practice runs, you've gotten a lot better in techniques. So you are, you know, branching out your skills, you know, you're a great writer. It's yeah. now it's what's put the, uh, the pen to the mic. Let's do it. Let's give them the one-two let's, punch. Let's, let's one-two punch. Yeah, uh, or as they say, our real last name from Portugal, De La Costa Castellano. Or Castellano. Castellano. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I kind of say, because this is more of the pilot. Sure. Um, and I I just went on a job interview, and I kind of did my, my interview as like an elevator pitch. Sure. So... Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of going through, I don't want to say the pedigree, but just kind of the questions that everybody wants to know, but things that really to kind of clarify, if they haven't read the newsletter, um, just a little bit of background about you, um, just where you grew up and how you got into this real estate world and, um, just kind of just start from there. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. As you know, I'm a born and bred in New York. 20, when I was 25, I moved to Dallas, Texas, been here most of my life. You've been, you were born here in Dallas. So you're really a Texan. I'm really a Texan. And I think you're really a Texan too. Cause you say howdy. Howdy. I like to say howdy. <laughs> I, I uh, just, it just, it's a, you know, it's a personal signature of mine. But and what's funny on the side note, Drew, my brother, your son, uh, from Texas also, but he, he'll say bull water oh, after oh, a few beers had, and I'm like, oh, dude, you're from Texas. He has that. Yeah. You're from Texas and live in South Carolina. Anyway, sorry. That was one of my first experiences here when I said we went to North Park Mall when yeah. I moved here and yeah. everybody laughed. So I don't think I say that anymore, Yeah, but you might catch me. Yeah. But you know, I like, I enjoyed growing up in New York. It gave me a whole lot of what I would call grit, street smarts. Thick skin. Well, yeah, I, I think maybe I moved away because my skin wasn't that thick. Well, I, I really don't enjoy like. Well, you had like, a, yeah, you had like civilian bulletproof armor, not military grade. Okay. We'll just say that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know if that's a good. Anyway. No, I, I think the word grit comes out of that. Yeah. And then like you said, when I lived in New York, um, every day is a. Is Fight a, for every inch. Yeah. Just to go. But. You know, stand in line 30, for 30, Starbucks. 30, 30 
blocks to get to school down to 86th street, you know, get off at 68, walk over to third, you know, 45 minutes to go, not even a mile. <laughs> I, I really believe that living in New York, growing up in New York and the environment I grew up in was, uh, prepared me incredibly well for anything I chose to do in the business world, primarily in that we were not of great means. We were a blue collar family. Um, no one in my family had been to a four-year college yet. My my father had been to a two-year college, and he wanted. He worked for IBM, so kind of kicked off as uh, a master electrician. He well, and that was that was Raymond. I'm talking. Oh, about. Raymond. I'm that sorry. That was I'm sorry. my dad. My dad, Raymond Castellano, and then we later in life were for for our formative years raised by Bill Hamilton, who was a. Um, one of the greatest guys. Yeah. And a, and a union electrician. Yeah. So, um, we always say they don't make men like pop anymore. They don't. And he, he, his grit, um, you know, we all, his parents were immigrants. My biological father's parents were immigrants. One of the reasons I want, one of the things I want to accomplish on this podcast is to tell stories of immigrants and right. particularly their business stories. So, yeah. um, like relatable narratives, as opposed to like a CNBC, just trying yeah, to, no, yeah. the people, the people matter. Yeah. yeah. Not just the, the facts, the people well, behind it. And I think what makes successful small business, um, is a hunger and a desire and a perspective that of sacrifice. And, you know, those are all cliche, but you know, in my mind, it has to come with a sense of humanity too and humility Right. So I think the immigrant experience brings grit. It brings sacrifice. It brings uh, humility. Right. Uh, and, and humanity to it. And a lot of that, um, my first job in Hilton at New York City Pizza, my best friend Lalo, six doubles a week, um, like, you know, for the whole year. And I had another guy, Edgar, who would clean pools during the day, sleep pizza at night. He actually came, he got hit on his motorcycle on his way to work and, uh, still came. Yeah. So, you know, the immigrant, yeah. the immigrant so story, I was like, that's how I got, I had never complained, um, about working too hard. Cause these guys taught me how to hustle. So. Yeah. So I, you know, that's part of my whole experience is my brother and I both liked earning money. I would say he started it. He was always paper boy. I was his helper. We caddied. He he was older we, than Wingfoot, me. right? Yeah, we caddied at Wingfoot. Hey, that was Caddyshack before Caddyshack. That was it. Um, <laughs> but you know, those are experiences where you have to learn. You know, you have a customer, um, right? You're earning money, so there's some trade there relative to what you're doing and what you're getting. Um, you have to learn protocol, manners, service, all those things that come. Uh, and also like grit, uh, yeah. you have to, you're not getting paid a lot at first. Yeah. So you just have to get up and do it. Yeah. You have, when I was in food and Bev, you know, I was making two fifty an hour and you are, your, your livelihood is based on people's generosity. And a lot of people are just not nice to you and you just have to swallow your pride and just, you have to keep going. So that's, uh. Very relatable to that. What's interesting about that is of all the jobs I've had, and I can 
I bet you I've had almost all of them. Mm -hmm. I never was a a server. Oh, and you, you, uh, you're not missing out. There's too much, something about carrying the trays and remembering the order and who's sitting where and punching it into the computer and all that stuff. I'm like, nah. That part wasn't uh, bad, but what, what baffled me was I'm just here to like get you your food and drinks and you know, you have an enjoyable time, but people can just be truly awful. And I haven't done, I'm like, Hey, my name's Wes. Like, don't talk. Like, I'm like, okay. But like are you saying with grit, when you worked at uh Wingfoot, you know, obviously, you know, very high end, but did you develop kind of like your, not like comebacks, but something to, you know, so like if food was taking too long, and the customers would ask me, my response was always, you can't rush love guys. Oh, really? You know, yeah, it was no. just, you know, did you ever have, do you have any of those or even in business where you just kind of have your go-to default, kind of like a, something in the bank, just to kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's maybe there's, I can give some thought to that in terms of the, the comebacks or the little yeah. phrases. We have tons of little phrases. Yeah. Just buying here. time. I know Joe has a lot. Yeah. He's, we'll get him on here. He's the. He's the most quotable. The, the, the joyerisms, if you will. Yeah. Um, we want them all written down and recorded before he retires. Uh, but, you know, I, w- I was just going to say that, you know, even that restaurant experience, one of our clients here is a developer that was a regional manager for a restaurant chain and made a lot of money, did incredibly well. But this, the his entrepreneur skills were are better deployed as a principal and right. he found real estate as right. a, as a lane and he's super successful. Nice. He could have got nice locked, pivot. locked into that regional manager thing and made good money. Yeah. Uh, it's just the seeing a lot of being in Charleston, seeing a lot of restaurants that try to branch out <clears throat> and franchise the stress level. Yeah. And all that. So yeah. he, he dodged the bullet in that sense. So it seems like when you were, working all those jobs in, in New York and, you know, low pay, did that, obviously that gave you the drives. Was it that I'm working hard for these people and I'm making them a lot of money and I'm not seeing that? Or is it, was it just, I don't want a boss or I want to be my own boss? It's interesting. So I would say it was more about the opportunity Okay, in terms of what I saw. So the guy that was my boss, you know, every once in a while, there's this sense of, am I, is it the value proposition for the labor fair? Right. And I think generally business was set up that it was unfair. Right. So that's where, you know, that's another, that's, un- that's yeah, another no, that's podcast. It. However, to me, it was like, if I have the opportunity and I can be that guy, I can accomplish two things. I can make money, I can have a good living and- I can pay people well. Right. So I can solve my problem and a systemic problem that I see in business. Right. So that was a lot of the motivator for me. It's so like, you, I want to be that guy. I want to live in that house. And if I'm able to, you know, your first, your first is like, I'm going to work for a company and get a salary and, and get make so, money. Right. You're not worrying. You're not thinking about. You're just trying to pay the bills. Yeah. And climb. Once you're, once you have opportunity to be the man, then it, to me, it became about the environment. Right. So culture. it was 
take care of yourself and now you have the opportunity to take care of your soul if you will well sure yeah no i'm not saying you have a bad soul but like you know it's like you have yeah i I think it's a big part of business yeah and we were talking victoria and i were talking about last night because there was a this uh farming thing five generation farmers and they have so successful that they have people from south africa come in and they built kind of like dormitories on the land pay them $30 an hour and they go there for like three or four months so their lifestyle is free and they'll and if they worked every day for six months they'll walk with like $80,000 nice and so yeah. but they have the most loyal staff you know there's no you know they're not being exploited the, like people are wanting to come back and the whole the family each generation does everything they can to boost, you know, be more efficient. Mm -hmm. So they have like hog farmers and that waste goes into their, into the field to have better soil. And so it's, and and then they sell it, but like just good people. And this is where I, I, I'm not trying to go off a tangent, but having a company take care of your employees, you know, and then that loyalty and we want to work harder for you because you take care of us, you know, in, in a yeah, way. Yeah. And I, what I don't, what I don't want to, um, talk really, my, yeah, my thesis is not that I, I, you know, to me, there's got to be a value proposition for both sides. Right. 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 Like, I don't think that those guys are getting overpaid. Right. But they're getting paid fairly. Right, because the this is a million dollar, and they're in a safe environment. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, that's cool. I'm not saying that you have to be what is that term like effective altruist and all your money. But it's like looking for a a fair deal. Yeah, not trickle down economics, but a little bit trickle up. You know, fair. That's yeah. Fair has been an important word. I'm the second child. Right. So the word fair was, is in my DNA because a lot of times I didn't think it was fair that I had this older brother that got all this other stuff or. Hey, where's your favorite place uh, to land the golf uh, ball? Uh, Fairway. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So, it was a bad joke, Not but bad. you know, I, t- I took, right. I took you a shot. You have to edit that. Out. Oh, come I'm on. Teasing. <laughs> No, no, Wes. So, um, no, seriously, I don't want to be righteous about this. I oh, no, what no. I want, what I, it's refreshing it's, to hear. It's come through in my writing, I think. That, Absolutely. That the most important thing to me about being a business owner is, is, of course, providing for my family and providing for my future, but also having employees that feel safe. They're well compensated. They have good lives. They live in nice places. They drive decent cars, mm-hmm. nice cars. Um but they also show up. So right. I'm not trying to bribe them to work hard. And you don't have to micromanage. And yeah. Trust. Well, no, I'm saying like, you I know. Don't. That's not my style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think like getting to your point, I'm not, there has to be bunks like, hey, this is my company. I deserve that. But it's like, I'm not doing exploiting labor. You know, you pay people their value, which is. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's one thing that's hard for me is like, what is my value? I don't know. So, well, no, I think you just have. Well, maybe you just haven't discovered it. Yeah, my talent. So, um, but yeah, so 
you know, we, we kind of, we touched base. So you, you worked and you had that opportunity and drive. So that, that mental state, um, what, um, like what made you choose the small business? So, you know, some people want to start a company and then grow, 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 grow and get bought out and cash in bro down. What you seem to have stayed in this, this, not a niche, but the, the small business world, especially here in Dallas, in Dallas, what, what's been like the motivation? Is there something attractive to that to you? Because you get to make connections with people and have clients and friendships for life or. Well, I think big or small, a lot of that's available to you. What I, in the beginning, in the beginning, (laughs) I, 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 I believed that going to work for a large company was both something you could get paid for and learn a lot from the people there. Right. And that eventually you would work your way to a smaller environment where uh, decisions were quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, as an owner, you had more control. Right. As opposed to big processes. And, yeah. And you got to send it to this guy, then ask it to that guy. I remember buck slips. Anybody out there remember buck slips? I think my, my generation is the TPS reports from office space. From office space. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, it, it's work your way small. And then when you're small and you have your own business, then you get to decide where that goes. So I've never been in favor of growth for the sake of growth. If you have a niche, um, you know, some people are just trying to grow so they can, they can multiply revenues so that that revenue can be, uh, a factor can put up, be put on that and they can value their company and they can cash in on the company. Those are all noble and worthy causes. Mine has always been, how can I provide the best service and the best working environment and, and, and not grow and sacrifice any of that. Right. And I mean, you've been doing this for 40 years and everybody I've talked to that has done business with you is just, just go to Dean. It's uh you've just, you know, you've established a reputation and uh, you're like an unofficial mayor in my eyes. Like, you know, Appreciate nobody, that. I've not heard one bad word except that you're a Giants fan, you know, Sorry, in Dallas. Here in Dallas. It was tough to grow up in Dallas and be a Giants fan in the 90s. Um, But no, I think that is with the larger companies, and I'm not trying to go on that, but there's that distance of they used to do what my job was, but now they're so far removed Mm -hmm. from it. And you kind of have that good balance of staying in the thick. You know what's going on. And uh, there's some sort of where... I I don't want to know. I think it's the Japanese culture, but be be really good mm. at one thing. And I'm not saying you're just doing one thing, but that's where you master something. And it's this is your wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I think it like you say it just suits me. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I think large companies have tremendous um, value in society for what they provide. Right, both for jobs health benefits, but also for what would we be doing without Microsoft? What would Adobe we be doing right now. without Amazon? What would we be doing without Adobe? So those those companies have places in society. They're just not for me. 
No, I, I totally agree. Like I would love to work for Shore or Rode or, you know, mm-hmm. all these audio, but I don't, the, you know, I wouldn't know where I fit. I'm an enthusiast, you know, if I went to that company. So it's nice to start second floor studios and get people excited that they have a platform. You know, you don't have to spend the money. I already did. Yeah. And it, well, yeah. So I think, yeah, we can put a, a plug in. How, how long have we been running? Uh, we're just at 20 minutes. Okay. So I have, um, let's two take more. it to 30. Let's take okay. it to 30. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, I, and so my, I, the next question is, it's more about the newsletter, but I, I wish I knew the answer, but, uh, where did the small business, where did the live in it? come from because I just tell people you love Matthew McConaughey. It's L I V I yeah, but I know that's no, not true. That is not true. That is not true. I just <laughs> I just love McConaughey. But well, no, me no too. Yeah. And he's a Texan. He's so, a, he, a cool he's dude. a professor too. All right. Teacher. Yeah, at UT. Yeah. But yeah, so you, you did when Your you, Godfather, that's where it came. Yeah. It, Philip Baskin. Uh, um I mean my it, business partner hired Zen. me when I was young. Yeah. So you, what I like about it was because you're talking about small business, you're expressing yourself and passing on your knowledge and wisdom, but there's to be able to say live in it, it's just kind of has this approachability to where it's kind of like, it's not just these guys, you know, if you want to live it, you can live it. It's kind of has this nice little, well, it's like, it's serious, but you know, approachable living, living it means a lot of things to a lot of people, but the way Philip, Philip attached it to hustle. Mm-hmm. So, and when, when, when guys, young guys were trying to figure stuff out, he would just say, you got to live it. And yeah. But by living it, it means you wake up thinking about it. Right. And that you go to bed thinking about it. Right. And it doesn't mean that you neglect your family. It means that maybe you, have a family later in life. Right. Um, or you, that you really budget that time and that you have a level of intensity when you're working, that right. it, it becomes a big part of who you are. It doesn't mean you don't go to baseball games. It doesn't mean you don't play golf. It doesn't mean you don't play with the kids. It just means that while you're doing it, it's all consuming and it it's you it's who you are. Right. Nine to five. And beyond that, but you're you're, and I will get Philip here and ask him what he thinks it means, but I think it just means hustle and intensity. Right. And the hustle is, you know, when pe- you know people like hustle can get this negative connotation. It's connotation, but yeah, man, it's just like I'm here. You can't knock the hustle. I'm just trying to better myself, and this is where you know audio. And I'm never going to be a drummer, but <laughs> it's like practice yeah, hu- and hustle's not BS. Hustle yeah. is energy. Yeah. An amount of energy. So if you're going to, if you're going to call hustle, the amount of energy. Yeah. But then there's a a level of intensity. Right. That comes with the amount of energy. Yeah. And if you focus and if you do the hustle, you become so well versed that you become like, uh, the Feynman technique. If you can't explain to me this complex subject in five minutes, then you yourself don't know the and and, and it's kind of a good thing because if i can explain you know why lemmy was god 
in the rock and roll world or just, you know, something that's just a stupid example. But if I can't explain it as to somebody who has no idea, then I, then I don't know the subject itself. So I feel like you can, you know, I never knew what you did when I was little. I just thought you talked on phones, but then you You drank Coke and drank Coke, but you told me kind of very simply, this is how it works. You know, investment banking, like, so it's kind of like that hustle has your brain correctly. So you can talk to, you know, people who are new at it. It's like, Hey, this is how it works. You know, don't be afraid. I'm here for you. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah. I think that really anything that you take on, if you take it on with a certain level of curiosity, intensity, dedication, sacrifice, you're going to get good at it and you just got to stick with it. Sometimes it just doesn't pay well (laughs) to do other stuff. Yeah. I chose stuff that paid well. Yeah. That's, um, nobody knew when, you know, I didn't think Pandora and internet streaming killed the one business I always wanted to be, (laughs) but you know, had a great experiences. So kind of recapping, uh, so, you know, from New York, you learned a lot from the bigger businesses, you had opportunities and you started to find your niche and you wanted to stay, you know, in the smaller business world so you can, you know, make money, take care of your family, but also do and help your employees, mm-hmm. you know, uh, am I recapping this correctly? Am I? Yeah. I, d- I don't know. You know, I look back, some of my friends, New York life was my first job. It's a big company. It was a great company. I learned right. a lot there. I was frustrated by the, what it took to right. do business. Mm-hmm. So I, that didn't suit my personality, but I have, friends that stayed there for 35 years yeah. and are collecting a pension and they're on a lake and they're fishing right now. Yeah. And there are days where I wish I were that. Well, not right now. Cause it was like 32 degrees. It might be too cold for that. <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I, but what I'm saying is I took on a lot of stress responsibility right. to do and fulfill what I wanted. And I look at their lives and I said, maybe they didn't have the amount of stress. Maybe they didn't have the amount of responsibility. They had their vacations. They have their pension. You know, had I stayed, what would my life have been like? And then I say, no, I wouldn't have stayed because there wasn't enough action there. For right. Me. So um, maybe that's the thing. Action and chaos drive me. But, but the oh, underlying. Some of the best creativity comes out of chaos. Yeah, some of the, and intensity, right? Yeah. So, like, hey, here's the deadline. Figure it out, <laughs> type of thing. Steve Jobs had an had a vision for the world. There's no way he could have done that on a small scale. No, he hired the smartest people, and then he told them what they wanted, and he just went on. There's the Bill Burr thing. No, no he's just he's just uh, an intense guy with a vision. But if he was gonna do, if he was gonna see his vision through, it had to be huge, right? And I'm I'm not sure that even he understood what the iPhone capability was. Yeah, and maybe he did. The, the, actually, the original plan the for the iPhone came out in the early '80s. They actually had the diagram, and it wasn't from Apple. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, but that's me. Going, so yeah, man. So where are we going to go with this? So we we got past. We got your your bio, your elevator pitch, if you will. So. What's next? What um? What are you trying to accomplish 
with taking the newsletter to the digital world, people can listen to this at work, on their way to work, on their way home. Um, what are your ideas that you want to have? Obviously, you said you want to have friends of yours that have great stories. That's primarily it. Primarily. Yeah. And then uh, for the younger guys like me, um, getting your predictions of what the real estate market is and just kind of like people my age, what can we do to maybe get a house at some point <laughs> or we can have one of those. Um, I, you know, old guys want to teach and, and, you know, share wisdom. So we'll be doing some sharing of wisdom. I do believe that I have an understanding of how this market and real estate markets and the financial not necessarily stock market works, although, you know. You only got REITs. <laughs> we do. We do. So real estate is a, a fundamental asset class. We can talk a lot about that. But what interests me most is the people that I interact with, their stories, and how maybe we can provide a path or hope to young entrepreneurs or even old entrepreneurs. Right. There's plenty of guys out there with jobs that they absolutely are ready to leave. Right. And they want to start something or guys or girls. I don't mean to be, you know, gender, no, you, no, gender just, biased there. It's yeah, like just start a bakery, start a coffee shop, all those types of things. But, and sometimes when you're older, you know better who you are. It's just, you don't have as much energy as, Right, young people, because right, young people can you can run yourself into the ground. I you yeah, no. twenty four hours a day. I did. I, you, can do, you can do that. Here we have wisdom, um, right? And that would be cool with each story. Like, hey, what's the if you could tell the younger mm -hmm. uh, what what's the impart some wisdom on do stuff. I would just say when you're young, you have the energy. Do make mistakes, learn. When you're older. You got a Rolodex. You can make stuff happen with your phone. Right. You can sit on your butt and use your influence to help people and to make money. But first, go out and do do the work, work and, right. and do the hustle and figure out ways to make stuff work. And that'll turn into experience and wisdom, which will turn into wealth. By the time you're in your 40s, you should have learned enough that you can start to harvest Right. And then by the time you're in your 50s, you should be thinking about maybe what's next. Right. And doing service work and giving back to your community and things like that. So yeah. I'd love to, so to the just podcast is lay that out. Getting stories, gathering wisdom, imparting wisdom, and just kind of, you might be, uh, you know, I had my, my ther cheaper than therapy podcast, but you might be figuring out what you want to do later. So there, there are a lot right. of good things coming from it, you right. know? So, and because of, you the second floor studios is might become a reality. And I never thought I would be able to say that. Um, so I'm really happy. Any of uh, my dad's friends who want to do a podcast and they just need some equipment to help record. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. I would Shameless say, plug. And, well, no, that's great. <laughs> Anybody that comes by the office at 3631 Fairmont's welcome to come up and check out the studio and sit down with Wes, have a conversation yeah. Um, it's, he's a great sound engineer. Um, I'm looking at this thing go up and down. I know he'll edit some of this, but. Oh uh, yeah. You saw me do the multiple takes and taking out the breath. The, the finished product will be, will yeah. be great. So thanks. I look forward to 
the next one. I so think we'll have fix. Claudia might be our next one. Or some of the staff, we're going to some of the staff, some Graham mortgage stuff. Yeah, I think Claudia, I, I wanted to have her on here so she could explain her role in marketing. Absolutely, yeah, just, you know, we she's all, a big part of this. So. so we have multiple levels here. We have our founder Joe. Mm-hmm. We have the sales side, which is me and Dodge. The company side, which is Adam and yeah, and, uh, Jennifer and. Claudia and the closing side, Linda and Emily, we have lots of stories to tell. Yeah. So it's like, you got, you got your dream team, you know, that's all, that's all you need. Well, dad, this is, uh, definitely we, we, 33, we 33, okay. 32, There's three minutes there. You can yeah, get uh, out. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out. Um, so <laughs> post-production. But yeah. As uh, drew, I won't say the actual word, but we say F it. We'll fix it in post. All right. That's man. the way to do it. Do it. Uh, so, um, yeah. So we're trying to get used to my taglines out. Uh, just make sure uh, you tune in regularly. This is the Small Business Living It podcast, of course, uh, accompanied by, but really the head honcho of the show, Mr. Dean Castellano. Thank you so much for just taking your time out of your day and hanging out with your son and, uh, again, parting some wisdom. Let's do it. All right. The SBLI podcast is an independent production published monthly on the first Thursday of the month. We are broadcasting from the second floor studios located in the Graham Mortgage Home Office in Dallas, Texas. To learn more about Graham, visit their website, gm-tx.com, or find them on LinkedIn. To hear more episodes, go to anchor.fm slash SBLI to find us on your favorite podcast listening platform.